0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Fortified Niche, a podcast about miniature war games that you haven't heard of, or if you have heard of, you have never found a person to play them with. Uh, my name is uh, JC Dent. Well, actually, Martinez Clemens, but I go by JC Dent anywhere you'd care to find me. And I review video games as well as do other stuff at. Uh, um sometimes in my life and uh and uh, this is my charming host as ever casa
1: hi how are you are you well that's good
0: (laughs) i am as well as a person could be under uh, late capitalism uh speaking of world ending crises forbidden psalm (laughs) yeah it's exciting uh yeah, so Forbidden Psalm is a like unofficial tie-in spin-off, whatever miniature wargame for uh, Morkborg RPG rule set.
1: I've never played Morkborg. Have you played
0: Morkborg? I have never played Morkborg, but uh, thankfully there was a Fatal and Friend of uh, a Fatal and Friend's review of Morkborg recently. So at least I know what the world is about. Do you?
1: Ah, oh, I mean I've read Forbidden Psalm.
0: Well, uh, Forbidden Forbidden Psalm doesn't lay it out fully, but <laughs> the thing about Morborg as a uh, OSR hack is that the world is doomed and the metal apocalypse is coming. And but you know you're still adventuring because you need uh, to survive until the world ends, I guess, or maybe even find a way. Uh, of escaping the apocalypse. I don't know if it's preventable in the game, but at least in the Forbidden Soul, the miniature war game, you do have a way of uh, getting out of this
1: uh, doomed metal place. Hmm. Um, Otherwise, it's probably... It's most familiar to me this kind of game as Frostbrave, but I guess Mordheim is also the other touchstone. That kind of scale. I think
0: I... I think I'd lean uh, closer towards... uh, more time because like yeah. as far as i understand frostgrave and frostgrave likes it's the game where only the wizard is important and everyone else is disposable why while in, in mortheim basically everyone matters though even if in, not on the same scale
1: yeah it's fair um,
0: yeah so 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 in this case everyone basically matters on the same scale because everyone's almost unequally. Trashy mercenary working for a mad wizard who has a thing for socks (laughs) your eventual goal is to Find the forbidden Forbidden soul and then the wizard uh, Promises that he'll use it to help him and you escape the end of the world
1: and if you can't trust mad wizards, who can you trust?
0: Yeah, if you can't trust mad wizards in a decaying Turnip28, uh, metal cover world, who can you trust?
1: Exactly. Frankly, I think we'd yeah. be mad not to trust him.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe he's mad because he didn't trust some other wizard.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so, so, yeah, and that's basically it. That's, the, that's as much as you need to know about the background of the world. Uh, stuff is bad, and you and your band of murder hobos are... Uh, dare to make to make cash and may, and maybe not die in the process.
1: Yeah, it is, um non non diegetically, I really like how small it is. Gangs seem to cap out at five, maybe six. I'm not sure that's a hard limit, but it looks you start with five. And getting more seems like diminishing returns. Um it's also really small really small board. Like two by two, that's like I could play it on my kitchen table. Like I keep being hearing all these kitchen table games seem to exist, and I like, "Yes, now eight foot by nine feet." And then like, "No, it's not." What?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The game recommends using a two by two table, though you can go bigger if your heart desires. And it's (laughs) and this bit is probably the one where we. Ran into the most issues with playtesting, though. Maybe we'll describe that one later before, because it would probably behoove us to introduce the basic rules yeah. of the game beforehand. So. so, it's a D20 system, and there's a fixed difficulty for basically everything of 12. When you try to roll higher than that.
1: Yeah, everyone's AC is 12, jumping down is DC 12. Some things aren't.
0: Yeah, for example, a a looting test for uh, for uh, looting random treasure of corpses is uh, is uh, ten plus your presence. But uh, yeah, most of it uh, most of it is is twelve. Hope you don't roll a crit. I mean, you hope you don't roll a fumble. Hope you roll a crit. And I guess. And I guess uh, this just straight up single d 20 system uh, with f- crit fails and crit successes shows uh, one of the uh, failures of just rolling a, ra- a single dice because boy did we ran and did we ran into did we run into fumbles in our games? Are you saying a single dice is
1: swingy? Oh, that's crazy madness. Who would ever think that?
0: No person who ever played *Kill Team* in Second Edition would ever say that a, swing, a single die roll is swingy. Yeah, yeah, it's five percent uh, versus
1: sixteen point six 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 six. Repeated. Yeah, way <laughs> less likely.
0: Yeah, but the, it, at the end of the day, it does happen quite often. Surprisingly. Now, to, yeah. Now, to know who is rolling these dice, you'll make your characters, and. Uh, You'll have five dudes per. Uh, you'll have five dudes per warband, and you make them in an extremely uncomplicated matter. Well, first you're you're asked to roll for a name, which you have two d100 tables for, which one of the for name and one of for the title. So, uh,
1: I quite like not applicable for could. names. It's
0: it's still the funniest option there. I mean, the funniest thing was that you wrote down a not applicable. <laughs> yeah as a name for a dude yeah. but like not applicable' not applicable
1: it, oh, this makes me laugh I enjoy that Just redacted, <laughs> redacted. The,
0: the the silent is the silent type who's so silent they don't even have a name yeah. so for example if you rolled a, a 4 and a 20 for no particular reason the guy's name would be el Bobo and his title would be the smelly so El Bobo de Smelly, maybe not the most metal end of the world uh, name, but there you have it.
1: Well, a Bobo was the bad guy from Devil Dragon, so there's some lineage there. Ah, okay.
0: Yeah. And I also just noticed, probably the worst uh, joke in, in in the game is that that title Fifty Three is the Hermit, also known as Ellipsis Dave.
1: I understood that reference. I I clapped because I knew the thing yeah like
0: you know maybe let's stop doing those like and here's one guy with a very regular name bob or dave isn't it a like, holy grail reference it's probably holy grail reference it's like or oh, it's um though yeah though it's still closer than we got to determining where the title Venamta Bandy comes from because <laughs> I had one of those guys, one of those guys. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I I, I kind of like the title generation the name and title generation system more in here than I do in various uh, 40k games post date edition because at least they gave you quite a few uh, options
1: which can lead to funny results. And for the most part, they're all like relatively normal and like pronounceable like you might struggle but there's nothing like i saw a lot of the war cry names were just like like no i can't say this this is like too many umlauts too many apostrophes (laughs) like this no just give me a single name that i can be like oh you know it's elson it's dwarf o you know argon galeth iliax these are all solid names like yeah i read it bad um hunsker Horn cycles? They only used apostrophes for lazy
0: jokes, like one of the names is Dwarf O and yeah. the other is DF. Yeah. But, like, I probably my my most favorite dude in the band was Fairy the Avaricious, <laughs> which is, like, an interesting name. And it eventually went well with his random rolled flaws and advantages.
1: Yeah.
0: But you know what's not random rolled in this game? Stat lines.
1: Yeah, get a whopping choice of two different ones, and they both add up to an overall plus one.
0: Yeah, so uh, each each uh, model, miniature, whatever you call it, has four primary stats, I guess: agility, presence, strength, and toughness. And uh, to those you can uh, to those you can assign freely as you want a race of plus two, plus one, zero, minus three, or plus two, plus two, plus one, minus two. Did I say plus two in the first one? Yeah, that's fine. Well, uh, I made this mistake uh, on purpose so as to make you buy the game instead of trying to write down everything we say and then play with uh, the uh, cobbled together rule set you got for free from us. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh,
1: and then you add those to your different stats.
0: Yeah, and those eventually lead to derived stats like health points being 8 plus your toughness modifier or movement being 5 plus your uh, agility.
1: Yeah, your strength is your carrying. So you can carry 5 items modified by your strength and your tough. I think your presence doesn't do anything like that. It's just used in-game a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they,
0: they, they really they really tried to avoid having a God stat and a dumb stat, though maybe we didn't run enough sessions to really nail down which one is a good stat. Though I would say it would help if they had uh, all of the derived stats uh, outlined here, not just toughness, because... Uh, you only learn about agility's influence on movement after you've assigned flaws and the inventory, and at that point you might have a guy who moves an inch a
1: turn. Yeah, my move to wizard was great. Loved it. Love being able to move four inches. <laughs> like, aha! I'll dash forward. Uh, grounding <laughs> error. Yeah. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle.
0: Okay, I uh, uh, after determining your stat lines and toughness you go to rolling uh, Flaws on the flaws on the d20 chart, so those can be either those can be good, Sometimes very bad sometimes don't really count at all like Like a gammie foot which gives you minus one to movement. That's immediately bad. Yeah, right and uh, uh, You have uh, you have others like uh Loner, minus one to all test when within two inches of a friendly model, which is very close. Hmm. And probably not gonna come up ever.
1: Uh, Alleged to Metal, we count Lurama. That's a pain in the balls.
0: <laughs> I, I, I rolled one eye for for the guys that I already had already assigned Beatstick stats. They were never going to do spells or ranged attacks, so suffering minus one on those was nothing.
1: Yeah. There is there is an element of like like you've got to be honest with like the game like you probably like honestly if I were to play this game again it'd be like all right we're gonna roll we're gonna make the characters in front of each other so I see that you haven't gone like really you got five guys you got three guys with a vacant mind and slight <laughs> liness like, that's weird that's really weird okay so unlikely yeah
0: on the other hand. Rolling doubles and stuff is somewhat somewhat likely because I rolled two dudes who had the one who b- both had one-eyed as their flaw and improvised fighter as their uh, as their uh, ability. I get it's very strange when you when you roll s- s- similar results by when rolling a single d20 instead of say two d6 and then you know seven is the most likely result, but it is possible to happen. It is possible it can happen. So uh, once you determine how bad your character is, you go to roll on a d20 chart of uh, feats, and I immediately uh, got shafted on two of my characters by rolling on, maybe, improvised. Maybe one, yeah, yeah I, I rolled improvised fighter on two of them, which, ma- which means they can make a makeshift weapon on the field, and I'm like, I don't really need that. I plan on buying weapons, and I'm probably not gonna lose them unless I die, so it doesn't matter that, then... But... Well, you uh, dropped, I mean,
1: have, yeah. being able to have, like, a D4 at all times beats having a D1, like... 75 percent of the time, it's better.
0: Yeah, having 1D1 as your default on arm damage is a bit sad, as we discovered in our second
1: <laughs> game. Yeah. Um... There are some ones that modify your stats. So you get uh, made Head plus 3 Strength and minus 1 Presence, which is probably bad in your Wizard. Uh, Tough as Nails, 2 yeah. HP, minus 1 Agility, which is really bad. Uh, Barkskin, plus 1 Armour, which is great. Yeah. yeah,
0: Barkskin is very bad if you get it on your dude who dumped Agility mm. because, hey, you know how, how you move slow? Now you move even slower.
1: If you can get him some Heavy Armour, dang.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it was. Uh, do you do, do you remember from like uh, Ash Barker's playthrough of this game? Because I think that that's how he got his paladin only moved an inch.
1: Ugh, oh, that would make sense.
0: But yeah, uh, overall, this random rolling can make for uh, interesting characters because uh, when I rolling my wizard, I rolled Lane. He is a du- He's a dude without a title, just Lane. He had. He had, if I could only remember it, he was, yeah, Lane, my wizard, was a realist, which means he couldn't use omens, which are sort of like meta powers you can use in your characters, and he, and he was, uh, and he had revolting appearance, which makes enemies, Uh, suffer a minus one penalty to hit the the guy. So, you know, a wizard that's a realist and Has revolting appearance. So, you know, I made a goon, right? Mm. This guy, this guy, this guy definitely learned his wizardry on 4chan already. Oh, yeah, definitely,
1: yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Fedora, his future.
0: Yeah, and at the same time I had Fairy the Avaricious who who was angry, which means that he always he was always charging enemy any enemy that could see, and he 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 also had bark skin, uh, which yeah minus one agility isn't great, but you know having two ar- uh, by default having at least one armor on the dude that's already charging is good, so you know I ac- I actually like how random rolling gives you character for miniatures that you may not have had otherwise because like i guess we could reiterate our our uh, <laughs> our uh, criticisms we'll on behalf of the new necromanda <laughs>
1: yeah oh, we'll kick over with the rules for being a games.
0: yeah like we talked uh, we talked to you we talked uh, outside of podcasts about how many how many like trap choices and how many correct right obviously objectively good choices were in that game
1: yeah, this one really avoids that. Because you can't pick the trap, you just
0: get burned by the trap. And you can't pick the one actually good, mechanically best option here. So, yeah. you know, that works. You don't go Overlord and the one Brutality Power as a, go- a Goliath the leader.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you can kind of, with the, f- with the fate at least, you can sort of recover a character. Keep going like, alright, I'll give this character, you know... Lower agility, but higher strength, and then they roll up, like, you know, they lose some strength. You can still, and then get Shield Bash, it can be just a wash, because then your strength attacks do more damage. But you can have, like, revolting appearance, so then you a guy that's, like, moving slow is harder to hit by the archers, who so will feather him with nightmares. Or swindler. So if your guy can't pick up loot, maybe he just gets free treasure rolls, which is also really good.
0: On the other hand, if you get uh, the dude that uh, that can't pick pick up treasure and also gets scavenger, <laughs> then it like, ooh, I don't know. I mean, this is a this is a small ish book. Uh, I mean, uh, because like one thing about Morkborg and related products, if you don't know, is that they place heavy emphasis on being stylish and uh on doing shenanigans with uh, the actual layout and the style of the book so it's like uh the pdf is like for 47 pa- 47 doubled pages long uh yeah. but it's not like it, it's, it's not like every page is full of uh double columned text describing all the rules and stuff there is, it's, it's 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 actually it actually has less words than you would imagine
1: in a book that that big so yeah the book's gorgeous uh, there's a really strong sense of design through the whole thing it's great and it'd be nice to see other follow-up games take some you know, literal pages out of this and like you don't need double-sided double column text or just like great big walls of pages and pages of stuff like the last game we reviewed which had 60 pages of units it could have been a page and a half like yeah, you know, if King get plus three armor into command, like wait till you, till I get my
0: way and we get to review Stargrunt too. Uh, Just you wait. I'll be
1: waiting a Audience, uh, I'm, I'm
0: sure. <laughs> well, yeah. So you've uh, done assigned a random name, a non-random stat line, and some random feats and flaws to your character, and then you finally get to buy weapons and equipment, mm-hmm. and this is the first. Uh, Spotify, remember correctly, where you get uh, conversion rules for more park, like for how much uh, how how much gold in the game converts into money in this game. The equipment, the equip, the equipment here uh, mostly exists. There's not much to it. There's uh, there are six items and five types of armor.
1: Yeah, it's not nice so simple. You don't need a lot, and you start with plenty of gold to make your choices too, like fifty gold. It's enough to give everyone, like you know, sword shield armor. You buy you guys nothing but armor, just run around the map. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you roll the makeshift, wep- make- makeshift weapon fighter on everyone, then yeah, maybe you can like you know just put everyone in medium.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, so the the only the only difference here is that if you want to have a wizard, he will cost five gold. But that's because I guess he comes with two spell scrolls already, so maybe not having him cost money would be OP.
1: <laughs> or maybe they have to start um, pricing up the scrolls, which would be less fun. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Items, you get your items, your armor, and your weapons. You've only got five slots. Once you've, once you've got bad strength, you might have two slots. So between two to eight things for, for every guy. Yeah, and, that, and the slots
0: matter because not only do you use it to carry stuff that you bring with you, you also need it to uh, take treasure away from the table, which sometimes might include mission sensitive items. So uh, your wizard probably not going to be the one carrying the loot. And I guess it does make sense because if you have a frontline fighter, they probably need more of, you know, item items like having, ba- having potions or bandages because they're the ones getting their. Faces punched and the, and they need the uh, uh, the healing. They also they also need armor more than the other guys. And the wizards can't really cast and can't really cast in sh- when you have shields or heavy armor. Though, why would you put heavy armor on a wizard? I don't it's know.
1: It's fucking rules. I wanna have a wizard in a walking around in the van. It's dope as fuck. Get out of here. You shitty D D rules.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. We all want to be battle mages.
1: I suppose. to elder scrolls. Gold wizards are the only wizards that the matter. But you can't use scrolls with shields or heavy armor, so it's medium or bust.
0: Unless you get bark skin and then...
1: <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, uh,
0: the, 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 there's, all, the, there's like 20 weapons to choose from. 13 of them are uh, one-handed and the others are two-handed, which includes all of the uh, usual uh, suspects for shooting and stabbing people.
1: Hmm. Weapons use either agility or strength, and all your ranged stuff uses presence. So your arches won't be agile, which is cool.
0: Yeah, this, 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 this is nice because it prevents uh, agility from being god stat. And on this, uh, there's, there's only a few weapons that use agility instead of strength. So, you know, uh, I maybe would have liked having more agility weapons, but not like the weapons are... Uh, that fantastically different from each other. The biggest difference is usually the, the the damage die they use, and this this game employs the full gamut of uh, the dice you would use for playing Dungeons & Dragons. So there's finally an um, ethical and good game design way to use them.
1: So no reason to use the
0: D12, though. Uh, yeah, maybe you don't need to use the D12. Oh, well. uh <laughs> Not, 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 the game can't be perfect, I guess. It's
1: a, it's a garbage die. It's a fake D20. No one likes a D12. get yeah, gotta hate D12s. <laughs> uh, equipment has tags as well. Like, it can be cruel, so it always does one damage. Apparently, you need to yeah. hit. I don't agree with that ruling, but that's just me. Reloading, so you gotta stand still before you can do it and shoot again. Yeah, reach is
0: very useful when it comes to combat stats because it allows you to attack from two inches away without getting retaliation. Uh, But if they don't have these tags, they usually have an effect on a critical, which is I don't remember if I ever rolled one except for that one time where you used the card to make it go away. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, criticals cause days bleeding. You can destroy the enemy's weapon. Yeah,
0: a nice thing is that bows and crossbows already come with five arrows, so you don't need to pay for them uh, mm. you, from your starting budget. It it gets a little less important later on, I guess, because like five shots
1: uh, o- only cost one gold. Though I question the. It also takes up one equipment slot, though, so your archer rapidly runs out of room.
0: Yeah, his bow and yeah. His
1: ammo is three slots out of your starting five.
0: Yeah, um, I I do question the usability of the thrown weapons because like sure you can throw a one gold dagger or a three gold hand axe, but then you might be out of a weapon, especially considering how limited your space is. And if there's one thing you'll never throw, it's the eight gold spear, which is a <laughs> two-handed, which is a two-handed agility weapon. Which I object to because I want to do sword. I I want to do spear and board, and I can't do that because you can't use shields with two-handed weapons. I'm going out of my way, and I'm going to say that the two-handed spear is a pike. Get your shit together. Uh, Allow me to be a Saxon-feared man who found himself trapped in the world of Mordor. Why
1: can't you use short spear and shield? Where does it say that? Is is there a short spear? No, just you can. You strap the shield to your arm or something, right? Like, Have it in uh, your back and turtle it up.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: You show me in the rules where it says I can't do this, and then I'll disagree with your words.
0: <laughs> okay, I can't find it in the rules where it says you can't use a shield with a two-handed weapon.
1: Yeah. Chase your bliss.
0: So, yeah. this uh, did- wizard shit. At least this game does uh, at least I don't remember this game saying that you should uh, uh, do whatever if you don't like the rule or something, Like right? that, that doesn't have that. Uh, the
1: rules are the rules, motherfucker.
0: Yeah. This is, this is forbidden Psalm. You'll die like a dog and not a dog that somebody liked. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, like, a, like a mean dog. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh. Once you get once you get past the item then you can get you, you get to roll on two lists for uh, the wizard the spell scrolls one is the clean and one is unclean what's the function be- what's the functional difference between those two I have no idea unclean scrolls are just marked as heat and magic but there's no mechanical effect it's just that so you wouldn't I guess it's there so you wouldn't roll on a single list
1: twice I'm, sh- I'm sure a Mokborg Noah is very mad at us right now for not understanding that. <laughs> well, maybe we'll finally get ha-
0: hate mail, and once you get hate mail, you know you've made it big on the podcast scene. The spells are um, okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> our playtesting testi- play worked out in such a way that we really didn't get to use them. But, like, Lane, my fedora-wearing wizard had Shield of Fateless, which could uh, which makes a model uh, uneligible to be targeted by ranged attacks for one round, which I guess works well when you're fighting other players. And most scenarios in this game have you fight other players. Uh, the other power he had was Invisible Hands. Which allows you to move an object, dropped weapon or treasure, d12 inches, which is of uh, questionable
1: utility. Well, that's the um, old. Oh, Frostgrave is a similar spell where you can like, just telekinetically throw things around. Like, if I can move treasure d12 closer to me, that's further from you. And
0: I guess it could be useful for uh, stealing the enemy's weapon once, when they, once they fumble and drop it on the ground.
1: That's gonna happen. Or
0: what? <laughs> it did happen a lot to us. That's how you got my rapier. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm spells kind of, he's so sort of trying to kill the cultists. like. it's fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, spell casting rules are not next to the scrolls so you don't know what happens. Only that uh, once you go to playing the game rules and the actions your character can do, it says you can use a scroll to cast a spell. And in parentheses, unlikely die. You're unlikely to die from casting a single spell, I think. But, yeah, it's, it, says, it's, it says something about how, how the game considers spells to be and how useful a spell that allows you to maybe move an item d12 of inches. So, yeah, uh, and that's it for character generation. Then you get into the rules proper where you learn, learn all, all the rest of the stuff, like playing the game. Goes both both through setting up scenarios, like putting stuff on the board and stuff, and your activations. And uh, this is an alternating activation game. If you pick a model, and they can do a movement and an action. That's it.
1: Yeah, you have to move it before you can do a thing. There's no looting then running away. It's you stand still and loot. Just very very Upsetting the first time you realized it was very
0: upsetting to my friend close air support because his looter couldn't loot a corpse and then run away from my character, which proceeded to stab him. Came- come the next turn, it just keeps happening. Uh, it's fairly simple. I mean, this book has places to go and not that many space to do it, so uh, at least they have at least they have examples of what happens when uh, with uh, rolls and tests.
1: Yeah, they were really good.
0: Yep, yep, and rolling a natural 1 is a fumble, rolling a 20 before applying modifiers is a critical Uh, Fumble means you drop your weapon, critical deals maximum damage and uh, Might activate a special effect on a weapon. Movement is uh, necessarily somewhat uh, Less detailed in this game. You just move five inches plus your agility in whichever direction I do appreciate that they have jumping for three inches or less than with falling and injuries, <laughs> and if you fumble on a jump roll, you also gain an actual out of the game injury aside from the damage you get, so which is
1: interesting. The yeah, movement's simple, but also don't forget five plus or minus your agility. Don't dump agility. Oh, yeah. No, don't dump agility. <laughs> it's so yeah. Bad. <laughs> you really need to move your
0: guys, especially considering that ranged combat and spells only happen in 12 inches.
1: It's a small board, but you gotta get across it. So while agility isn't
0: necessary per se for your ranged dudes, it can't be their dump stat, because then they won't, be, won't get into the range, ever. Close combat doesn't take doesn't happen at base to base. You need to be within an inch of the enemy, and if you are within the inch of an enemy, they can strike back. Those attacks happen simultaneously, but the enemy rolls at minus three.
1: Unless I've got a friend.
0: Yeah, unless they have uh, unless they have a friend, and this is where they outline that on a fumble you drop your weapon. This happened quite a few times.
1: Monsters ignore that minus three. Yeah,
0: and uh, uh, it's a good thing to outline that if that like you know. Fighting back is free. It's not like some some of the worst RPGs where if you use your uh, action to defend on the enemy turn, you can't do anything on your turn. Nope, it specifically says. that. you have one
1: one reaction or something yeah.
0: I mean, you don't have a single reaction a turn, in it. and 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 I, and I like it because it doesn't make uh, uh like you know attacking such an easy way out, uh, especially if you mm. say like. Oh I'm go oh the- I'm going. I'm now going to extend myself and bum rush this guy since like the turn is about to end and maybe I'll win initiative next time. It doesn't matter. I'll yeah. just stab them. It's a minus three, but it's a min- but you but you can still get shanked and you can still lose your weapon.
1: Yeah. You can still go down fighting a-, a rabbit as it does slightly more damage than you do. It wins the damage race.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh range combat is kind of the same only you don't get stabbed back and if a model is in any way obscured you apply minus 3 to the hit roll that's it that's uh, uh that's your uh, that's your range thing and uh, one reason why you don't want to throw your thrown weapons is that it lands next to the enemy and then the enemy can uh, uh, and th- then the enemy can pick it up and throw it back at you or even better, if it's an eight gold spear, they can pick it up and run off the board and then you'll never get it back.
1: Hmm, <laughs> inconsiderate.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is fun that it allows for a bit of, like, combat looting. Uh, the items aren't that expensive or that rare or that, uh, I don't know, precious, so that it would hurt you too much, like if, say, somebody looted your guys in Necromanda.
1: Oh, yeah, someone's stealing your... Um... Your champion's plasma gun or something would be hilarious the first time and then never again.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep So yeah uh, If you if your attack hits you roll damage and if you subtract armor and if uh, And then you subtract it from the enemy HP and if it has any remaining they're still alive though if you're less than half of your HP you are Wounded, right? Or am I missing? I don't think wounded does anything. Ah, uh, I think it's just like if you've been hit. You've been- am I? Am I mixing up games in my head? I, I, I think I played. Maybe there's, there's no like bloodied step. Oh, as as oh, oh, damn! That's that's Kill Team Second Edition. Like, jeez
1: man. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no flesh wounds in this. There's no. Yeah. Oh, you're starting to lose. What if you kept losing? <laughs> what if you? What if it was hard to come back? Death spirals.
0: The world is already in a death spiral, you don't have to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, leaving combat, everything's sticky. If you want to try and leave, it's di 12 I'll be apparently rolls in their DR-12 agility test.
0: Yeah. And uh, you, the enemy doesn't if have- If they
1: pass, you can't move, you fail, you run away.
0: Yeah, yeah it's the, the, the interesting thing is that they uh, they don't have automatic, uh, like, you know, attacks of opportunity. You need to roll a crit and to, to be able to make an attack against you. So, you know, you can still, you can still try and run away and there's basically no reason to, uh, there's really no reason to not to try to someone, to not to try and stop someone from running away unless you want to run away on your turn. Yeah. And morale rules, they exist. I don't think we ever needed to do them because... You take a morale test, test when you're critically hit, or when you strike a downed enemy. Uh, I think the only time my character got critically hit, they died, and I never really struck a downed enemy.
1: Yeah, I like I like the morale rules, like, it sort of implies that people aren't just fighting to the death all the time. Like, in Mordheim, it never made sense to me, like, why? Yeah. Why is this gang fight? we immediately going to like now. I'm going to murder you. Like, oh, that's that's an escalation. This is two guys. Like, oh, I'm going to punch you and you know, leave me alone. But rather than like, okay, I'm just going to just try and murder you. I'm murdering you as hard and as fast as I can. Like, oh, that's, um,
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm a shifty mercenary who came here to loot weird stones and uh, and ca- cash ca- cash out as far as I can. Also, I'm very dedicated to killing you. Hmm. But yeah, the downed model rule is important for campaign play as a model that drops to zero HP goes down. And if a downed model takes any more damage, it goes, it's immediately killed. So it, it's there to prevent you from uh, from messing up the campaign game by just shanking every every uh, player character model dead. Instead, what you could do is just take their stuff and run. Yeah, there's also no benefit to them. Um... Yeah, yeah. The doubt models still need to pass a death save at the end of the scenario, which interestingly I think applies uh, apply- is a t- is a dr4 toughness save. So if you dump that ah uh, six dr yeah, six dr six right. Uh, so if your uh, if your wizard uh, d- d- dumped agility and then got sniped or bitten by a rat cultist,
1: whew, this can go places. Yeah, I guess I, yeah. I haven't seen any toughness penalties so far, except for, like, injuries. So at worst, it's like a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: At the end of the day, it's good enough. I mean, this is a small rule set, and creating new characters doesn't take you five hours, and shifting through three different books... (coughs) Necromundo!
1: (coughs) So... uh, I think it works. It just, it just says like more about the game. Like we're here to loot, we're here to make money and get paid. Like I'm not here to kill you. Mm. If I were here to kill you, Yeah. oh god, things have gone wrong. <laughs> and also there are other things
0: happening, and I could be doing other things than trying to kill you. Yeah. And then we get to spell casting. It's a presence DR12 roll. On a success, you cast it. On a fail or a critical, you mark a tragedy. And uh, Tragedies carry over, and uh, on, a crit- on a fumble, you immediately roll on the table, and this is where you get uh, Warhammer miscast stuff happening to you. And uh, your tragedies are added to this roll, so, I mean, if you fail fi- a spell five times, nothing happens, but the next time you critically fail a spell, you'll be plus five to the roll, and this can go places. Oh, yeah, the table is pretty fun. I mean, it is fun in theory. We didn't see it happen because, again, playtesting no place for wizards.
1: Yeah, the darkness rules are nightmarish. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and then you have your omens. I mean, well, the
0: calamity table has sure, stuff but... like caster, caster is blinded, or a sock goblin monster appears next to the caster and attacks them, or, <laughs> or it, or. Uh, result nineteen: He appears, devours the caster and any other model in three inches. Anyone dev- devoured dies, which is like, I mean, well, it's very much mi- miscastable. <laughs> On the other hand, you could be transformed into a blind penguin. So hooray for those who have blind penguin miniatures handy.
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got fighting dogs, but no penguins. <laughs> I'll have to remedy that.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. And then we get to omens, which is the uh, CP is uh, well, CP powers from Warhammer. Practice
1: cards, yeah, yeah.
0: You have you have six of those, and you get them for every scenario. And it's like, uh, you can use them once. So there's like there's stuff like re-rolls any dice yours or someone else's, or reroll <laughs> the treasure table, automatically pass a test. Like those, uh, considering how fa- how generally fast and brutal the game is those are necessary and they're fun and unlike in various games workshop rule sets you can't make more of them so you get you have what you have and you can't uh, do list building shenanigans to get more
1: yeah and they're all equal like so we both have a devastation handy we both have a like a re-roll handy like it's fun you got your, your grace card to save a downed model, like oh, the rest of the die. Oh, jeez.
0: <laughs> yeah, the grace card, which removes a downed model from play, is very useful because it removes the play, it from play, so they don't risk a permadeath, and it auto-passes their death save. So this is what I used to save Fairy the Avaricious in our first game, and this is the card that I didn't use to save Lane the. Thedora Wizard in the second, because I was like, screw that guy, I'm saving it for Fairy or someone else. Mm. So yeah, um, and in general, I like the open cards, I, f- I think it's a neat mechanic, I think it does the game well.
1: Yeah, the are that kind of like, fits the thematic nature of the game otherwise.
0: Yep, yep. And then we get to Monster AI, which, uh, as far as I know, you didn't like to. Oh,
1: it just it just takes too long. That's just me being like, I've got ten guys to roll for. Oh. and tabletop sim takes longer. Like, yeah, yeah. I can point at something in real life and be like, okay, roll these dice, roll these dice, roll. It's like, in that you put like, okay, yeah, roll next to them. Oh, and then we move them, like, okay, yeah, that's all.
0: Um, monsters are technically. Technically fairly simple. They act at the end of the turn after everyone else acted Uh, Monsters move 2d6 towards another model that's not the same as itself, which means that there's monster versus monster combat if you if they happen to be in the game It's
1: fun for the mission we play the cultists could bring up people that then attack them. That's funny.
0: Yeah uh, Yeah, I wonder I, I wonder how that would work like uh, oh we summoned a, a su- we summoned a Morca Porca, which is a a giant uh, a giant a giant pig yeah and now the pig is attacking us oh no <laughs> <laughs> whoops whoops so yeah and the monsters explicitly make all checks on doctor 12 with no modifiers and this is an important rule to remember especially if you get darkness or partial darkness and it also makes yeah. it that stabbing an animal cultist which is the puniest enemy you have in the game isn't a guaranteed thing they
1: will back before matters
0: yep and then you get a bunch of monsters uh the monster stats are quite simple they have their hp their morale if they have it their their attack and their armor and their special abilities uh they're the biggest difference i guess in the, is in the abilities because some monsters can be real strong depending on what they do for like i wouldn't wouldn't want to encounter the feasting vendigo because if it if it uh, whacks a character it, it starts eating them and i don't it doesn't say explicitly if they die immediately because it doesn't cause damage to downed characters it says that it starts feasting on them and in two rounds it rises as another feasting vendigo uh, which is bad since it's a it's probably, very big enemy. probably not great <laughs> yeah on the other hand, uh, you can if you encounter a morca porca, you can try and pass a present doctor twelve test when within an inch to gain it as a pound. In exchange, you lose a limb. So yeah, uh, hope you have uh, hope you have pig-mounted the uh, wizard models ready, and uh, don't mind losing limbs. <laughs> uh, the art. Uh, the art used for monsters is all over the place and it's very different though it's usually only the disparity that between the quality that the quality of the art that's anything like it's so it's it can be so very different because i think the feasting vendigo is just a Photo or maybe a 3D model passed through a few filters and while well, the skeleton is definitely like one of those medieval engravings or something. And some of the models... Yeah, I'm quite sure we them. And so, 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 some of the uh, art was made by an 8-year-old and a 12-year-old. <laughs> of course, the, the best piece of art is probably the Corpse Collector, which is the monster on the uh, cover of the game. I think he looks fantastic, and I think he works well as the uh, I don't know mascot of uh, Forbidden Song.
1: I think yeah, the great. Yeah, overall, all of it.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, most of these mod- most of these, especially the bigger monsters, you're unlikely to encounter randomly. They're almost scenario special rules. There's a random encounters table uh, uh, here that says how many to spawn and suggested base size but uh, As far as we read the rules, they don't happen that, that often and you'll just see them as presented as requested by uh, Scenario rules. I mean, I wouldn't want to play a game and randomly uh, Encounter 1d4 in co-op or 1d2 in solo play of blood rage vampires who seem to be pretty that tough I was. Yep, technically you can also uh Make a presence test to harvest organs from a monster, which we never really get, to, never really got to use in our two playtest games. But it's a <laughs> it's a thing you can do. <laughs> On the other hand, if you fail to remove an organ, you have to take a moral save because you are disgusted by your actions. Uh, yeah,
1: that's fair.
0: Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> and then we finally get the scenarios and setting up a table. Recommended size is two by two. Uh, then you place terrain, uh, alternatingly, and after bo- after both of you place a terrain piece each, you roll a d6, add the number, and if it's 9 or more, you stop placing terrain.
1: I guess it averages out to probably about 6 or 7 pieces of terrain on the board, which is packed for 2 by 2 unless you're putting down like individual trees or hedges.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it
1: populated our tables
0: fairly well. Yeah, and the game... Uh, Scenarios lasts uh, Mostly most scenarios last the uh, six rounds because at the end of the six rounds your warband gets bored will be dead or will flee in terror Seems that it makes sense. I mean that's nice. Yeah. Yeah uh, And then you get to the scenarios I'd say you get to the scenarios with self but it's, it gives you a guide to reading the scenario and it immediately moves to the treasure table, which is like uh, Somewhat questionable as far as placement go, but, uh, okay. Uh, Treasure, as we mentioned, is a Presence DR10 test, and if you fail it, you take one damage that ignores armor because you cut your hand on a rusty nail. That's Forbidden Song for you! to do
1: Yeah, Presence DR10 doesn't sound hard, but then your guys are minus three, and you roll 13, you're like, oh, balls. Or it's dark! <laughs> or it's
0: dark, <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, no! uh get your wizard to look for treasure and then find out that your wizard has no carrying capacity that's what I are for, i guess
1: um items pretty fine no one gold to so yeah, 15 yeah most of gold. the results
0: are just random relics most of most of the results yeah. are just gold sometimes it's a i i think i rolled a set of random armor on our first game which gave
1: me a set of medium armor which was great the yeah, first game i rolled 15 gold I was like well that's that's fine that's paid For this, I'm going to run away now. Yep, yep. <laughs> Ro- rolling for
0: 15 gold is really good because I think my total earnings for the first game were like eventually 20 gold, so like that's good, that's mm. good. And this day, and since you there are results that give you like one gold or a human skull which is worth one gold when sold to the mad wizard, and eh, you probably want to re roll those things.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, imp- it's also how you get your, yeah written some sentences you need five of those roll 19 five times here in one game damn you just finished the game
0: <laughs> retire with a thousand gold which is more than you'll ever need for anything uh i like it that the, the treasure table doesn't really screw the characters because like when you get to a result like a live snake you'd think like oh no this means i've got i've got a bad result no it costs five gold when sold to the wizard or it can be turned into a potion so like it's nice it's nice and then we get to the point where it uh, outlines the setting Could have been nice to get it like you know uh earlier and also where uh uh, where most of the advice for rpg players comes in is for people who want to integrate this game into their rpg uh for people who want to slot this into their
1: uh, Morkborg campaign. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how effective that would be, whether it's like, I haven't, not having played Morkborg, um, I can't imagine, is it as like combat heavy as regular... Um, OSR style stuff is? Like, would you be like, okay, cool, now we're... Time to rip off, my heart has joined the thousand, guys, go kill some cultists, or, you know...
0: <laughs> well, uh, it is an OSR game, so... Probably doesn't have much outside the combat. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the FNF review that that well, and I don't know if they got the combat even. Uh, after that, you get to the optional rules, which is the weather and conditions table, which we rolled on bo- both times. And we really, <laughs> yeah. And, and we really got the worst results because for the first game we got partial darkness, and for the second game we got darkness, which means you can't you can't sh- shoot or cast spells at characters that aren't near a light source. And we didn't have many light sources. In fact, in the first game, only my wizard had the lantern. So yeah, and oh. Not only can't you can't you target uh, people with uh, like ranged attacks, uh, close combat attacks that happen outside light range get a penalty on their
1: rolls. So uh, you like everything outside of light range takes a penalty on their rolls.
0: Yeah. So do, how do you like making that DR10 presence roll uh, with a minus six penalty because you're rooting through a corpse in the darkness?
1: Not great. Not too great. No. Uh, the, Meanwhile, the yeah the, the Morkeborga is fighting back and ignoring the darkness. Yep. Uh, well, that skilled archer is just peppering you and ignoring the darkness, and you're like, yeah, the Morkaborga
0: is is a full believer of the British wartime lie that uh, carrots make you see in the dark better, and it and he's it, it has eaten all the carrots that remained in the world of Morkeborg, and it can see perfectly. <laughs> so, and actually, actually, can there can be uh there's actually one beneficial result uh, Bleak Sun which may which makes the characters mm-hmm. auto-pass death in this scenario. Other ones are all uh, Harmful Including rain which would give your agility test minus one which is like sure at least it's not preventing movement, but Not great. Not great. Yeah. Oh,
1: it could How uh, many heavy scenarios? there's 10 scenarios, they're fine. Yeah, the the, the scenarios are fine, they're really, and they have uh,
0: rules for playing it solo or playing it co-op. There's also the text for RPG to introduce the scenario and to end it. Uh, The biggest downside with the scenarios, which you might not get from reading the rules, is that they really did not consider the fact that they are advising you to play on a two feet by two feet board.
1: Dude, come on, come on. Yeah, something. If you, start, you start really close. Like, the first mission, you've got a 6-inch deployment, and your objectives all start within 10 inches of the center. So they have to start in your deployment if you're being like, ah, the treasure chest, yes, that will start where I want to be. Yeah,
0: that's, that, that's basically what happened in our first game. We basically placed the corpses in our deployment zone. Though so you still managed to get them to combat with. Oh, it wasn't easy. Yeah. I don't run those goals. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was... It, it, the size of the map or the deployment zone was an issue in the second game as well where you have to deploy 10 animal cultists at the start of the battle. And the constraints placed on the deployment zone makes it that you can only put them
1: in a... Oh, how do you call it? In a grid pattern? Yeah, because... Uh... They have to be outside four inches of each other, and you only have that strip of nine inches by twenty-four inches. So if you put someone in the middle, you've boned yourself. <laughs> they won't fit.
0: It's actually not even nine inches. I think it's six inches because it has to be three inches away from your six-inch deployment zone. And if two feet is twenty-four, so you have six by twenty-four strip to cram full of the oh yeah of, of farm animal miniatures and stuff.
1: There's some wiggle room, but it's not like an exciting amount yeah, so to make for a very interesting background. And then they all run towards each other, so they're all starting within 2d6 of each other, an easy 2d6. Yeah.
0: And uh, as we discovered, an animal with free HP points can be surprisingly hard to kill, even before you uh, account <laughs> for darkness. But yeah, the, the scenarios, I've read through them, and they're interesting. They, they're they varied. They give you va- the different objectives. Quite a few monsters are basically boss monsters that exist for uh, for a specific scenario. Yeah, I, I, I think it's good. I mean, we didn't run all of them, but I think it's good. Yeah, the scenario is interesting. Uh, interesting. I mean, having, having 10 scenarios in a small game like this is great, because if you manage to run each of them once, you've probably gotten more use of them than uh, from <laughs> stuff present in many other games. But-
1: Hmm. They're all nice and varied. A lot of them are just like walk for. None of them are just walk forward and fight each other.
0: I mean, yeah, but that's basically any any game like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it avoids that pitfall of like um, the first mission. Oh, I just fight each other. But that's I don't want to just walk forward and dudes. Why are we stabbing each other? Why not work together? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, technically, some of these some of these missions can be almost played cooperatively, uh, as in. You know, you're, you're technically fighting each other, but practically you're saying, like, I, I don't step on your stuff, you don't step on mine.
1: Uh, and there are rules for co-op, there are co-op versions of most of the missions. Yep, co-op and solo versions. Uh, and then you get to the
0: <clears throat> campaign campaign rules, which are, again, short. Uh, it covers death saves, injury, and gaining XP. So... So, uh, as as my wonderful compatriot mentioned, you don't get XP for killing enemy for killing enemy models. You get XP for downing them, but killing them gives you nothing. Yeah, uh, which is fun. You get you get XP for killing monsters, collecting treasure, uh, surviving the scenarios, uh, uh, da- mm-hmm. downing models, passing death saves, and for members who die.
1: So yeah, you also get you also start to get paid for every. As long as one guy survives, you get 5 and 10 gold.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard to get into a... I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't math it out. I, I can't say how hard it is to get into a death spiral. But basically, you get re- rewarded no matter what. And like we mentioned mm. before, if you stab someone who's down and, they, and kill them, so the uh, enemy gains XP and you'd get nothing and your character has the, and your character has the potential to run away, yeah. Which is unexpectedly humane, I'd say. Or unexpectedly modern for a game that's made for an OSR
1: RPG rule set. A lot of OSR's got a lot of um, contemporary design in it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's all people making games today rather than like trying to capture that spirit of when they were 16. So, oh, that's a different conversation. But, but yeah, yeah, it's much more like, rather than like you know... Like I said, Necromunda, like, oh, you are unconscious? Okay, I want to kill you. I want you to be dead. Because if your big bad boss guy rolls and, you know, loses a limb, that's every other game is so much easier for me. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's how I lost my... Uh, there was one campaign where I lost my champion on the first battle to a random lasgun shot.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Necromunda's campaign fall apart when my one good mini got murdered. Like, oh, yeah, he's out of action. Oh, he's dead. Oh. Okay, no one else is as good as him, and everyone else sucks, so I quit.
0: <laughs> or, like,
1: you know, playing against,
0: uh, playing against the uh, Steeler Cultists, which uh, have those damn familiars on each of them, which are an endless source of lookout sir roles. Or, uh, my buddy who played Chaos Cultist and then never paid for healing, because all the dead guys were just like, ah, screw it,
1: let him die, I'm gonna take a new one. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, an- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The hard limit of five guys in your party also makes it a lot easier. Like if, you know, if someone dies, well, another guy appears for free.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you
1: have enough
0: loot to arm them, you just take him. And another thing that separates it from most of the other games is that the XP is gamed collectively, and then you can spend it to improve specific dudes. So this means mm. uh, improving agi- uh, improving ability by one. Uh, removing an injury. So, like, you know, if you have a pet pig you ride and you lost a limb, and I, I guess you can <laughs> you can regrow the limb with enough experience. Uh, you can re-roll a flaw. Like I don't know why you there. would do that, because it's dangerous. You can gain a new feat, which uh, which is how I gained my third instance of impro- imp- improvised fighter in the group, which was disappointing. Oh, it's great. You'd love to see it. And there's also the option to bring back a single war member mech from the dead. They return with a new flaw, which is cool and more flavorful than the rule that the uh, Escher Death Maidens got in Necromanda. Which one's that? Uh, Basically, the Death Maidens are the new champions for Escher, and they're uh, universal soldier zombie champions. So if your champion dies... You can replace it with a Death maiden, and it's an entirely new stat line. And it's an entirely new stat line, equipment, whatever. It just the name remains the same, which is like, boo, bad, not immersive. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not very exciting.
1: That's not. offering more cool modeling opportunities for you. Yeah, but like
0: this this isn't my guy. This isn't my girl. Or rather, you know, not my girl. I mean. It's just the name is the same. Mm. Why? Why? Why doesn't she have anything else? So like, do better specialist games. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, th- then we move to relics. They are okay. They exist. You can you can find them on a corpse, I guess. Uh, some sometimes I guess some battles might reward you. They're not that important, I guess. And there's the merchant, which is a Resident Evil 4 reference, and an alternate. Uh, uh alternate way to buy and sell equipment because usually you sell it to the wizard but the wizard doesn't yeah,
1: the wizard pays half plus one he half he pays half plus one yeah
0: he also he also has uh, free ra- he also has ran- free random weapons one random armor one random piece of equipment and one random relic to sell which is you know more relics than you could buy otherwise <laughs>
1: Yeah, everything's one gold less than normal, which can be important, I guess, if you want that hand axe with two gold rather than three. Yeah, and... Are you desperate to replace your rapier that your opponent stole?
0: (laughs) And it's also... But it's not like, you know, just a free use, because every time you're buying or selling, you roll a d20, and on a one, uh, the wizard catches up to you and uh, chops off a limb of one of your guys, and if you cause this... Uh, if you, you get caught a second time, you have to replace a member of your war band to deal with the wizard <laughs> And the merchant stops dealing with you So, like, you know, trade-offs Yeah, it's rough And then you get create your own scenario rules Which are, yay, fine, they exist
1: uh... Oh, I, don't know. I like it, because they're, um None of them are just fighting None of them are just saying, okay, just have a punch-up like they're all like, no, you, you have to have a reason to go here. Like if it's you know, killing a big bad or harvesting organs, yeah. eating goods. Um, you know, it encourages you to think outside of like nothing in the game wants you to murder the other guys. Everything in the game is about picking things up and making money.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point you made because I'm generally disappointed when they, when you find the new game and what what's the goal? Kill the other guys? Any other goals? Ah, you might pick up a can on the way yeah. there you can sell it for five gold but the goal is to kill other guys and i'm like come on man yeah,
1: that's why every time i read the new its missions for infinity and they have annihilation i get so bored it's like why why are you encouraging people to just do the murder missions the murder mission is the worst mission you've got
0: <laughs> yeah oh god i feel so validated now that you said it like annihilation is my least favorite thing in, in infinity like I'm, uh, I, The enemy is already, like, you know, uh, encouraged to kill me so that I wouldn't uh, get in the way of accomplishing their mission. And I'm already risking my neck oh. by trying to kill the enemy via reaction fire and stuff. Like, why are you making the least fun, least interesting part of the game uh, the goal?
1: And I understand it as, like, a secondary or tertiary sort of thing of, like, you know, who killed the most, who survived the best. Like, that's okay, sure. Yeah. This is sort of, this game is much more like, no, don't, don't murder. <laughs> yeah. Get rich, don't you want to get rich instead? The world's ending, why are you trying to die faster? Yeah, yeah. Which is, I guess,
0: a uh, spit in the face to the true old fanatics who would say like, this
1: is the end of the world, life is cheap and it doesn't matter, everyone wants to die. All yeah, Ima- imagine thinking that people maybe don't want to die, would try and avoid that at all costs, and killing is actually something that's really hard to get someone to do. Yeah, it's your sociopath and then we have this nice hammer room for you to go and enter and then never connect up.
0: Yeah, so uh, imagine imagine a game like that coming out of Morkborg. <laughs> uh,
1: and that bonus scenario looks fun.
0: Yeah, bonus scenario is I know, I... Uh, for people who really liked the driving aspect of Gorka Morka because it's a wagon race. There's uh, Yeah, it looks... I know... It for a game this big it has fairly complicated and involved rules for like, you know wagon acceleration wagon damage collisions and combat uh, Which is almost like a small free games a small free game attached to the main game. Yeah, so It is nice. I don't know if I'd
1: play it, but it, it, it is nice and funny yeah uh, if someone said we'll play Morkvlog and at some point we do the wagon mission, we'd be like yes, that sounds great. The wagon mission looks fun. Yeah, yeah. And at no point would be like, oh, I don't want to do the wagon. Like, if someone says no, then just stop playing games with them, really, because they're not your friend. <laughs> I mean, true, true applies to every game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> always play the wagon mission.
0: Yeah. Uh, then you get the uh, warband sheets, which uh, exist. They're they're fine. Nice. They're good. they it's clear. Yeah. The, they do their thing. Uh, then we got to the funny part, which is the inspiration miniatures, which is a lot of Instagram pictures of people who do like dark 28 or turnip 28 stuff. All credited uh, pictures of them,
1: mind you. So You'd love to see that, love to see artists credited. You'd love to see what? I'd love to see artists credited, fan artists, or otherwise. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, this Switchbogger guy has got some crazy cool shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: uh, I generally enjoy the Dark 28 or whatever it's called, uh, Turnip 28 aesthetic. Mock 28, Dark iOS. Yeah, yeah. Because it's you know, generally neat stuff. It's not just taking a Space Marine and then showing how much airbrush you can throw on it. Uh, so, yeah. And it helps you set in the mood That's- of the game and the setting.
1: Yeah, none of these things seem like impossible kickbashes either for the for the novice. Um, apart from a couple, seem like they're a bit advanced. But if you've got access to like a three D printer or a Nurgle box set of some sort, I'm sure you could pull out something. Yeah, yeah. As cool as this, even if you're just doing like a bunch of like muddy paint jobs, and then they give you standees as well, and standees are great. Yeah, it's
0: nice they give you standees. Though I guess like I would. Wibble over the art style and stuff, but yeah, you have standees and uh, if you don't have miniatures, you can play them and the corpse collector looks as good mm. as ever <laughs> <It> Really does <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a strange way to put the standees because it stands between the Inspiration miniatures and the anatomy of a miniature which uh, uh,
1: Details yeah, you're gonna cut your book up
0: <laughs> yeah, which details uh, uh what parts uh what parts came from where when building an example of more, more miniature so like you know there's a very primitive green stuff sculpted hud wh- hood i mean not hud uh which <laughs> reminds me of my own experiments with uh with green stuff sculpted hood when i was but a starting uh, miniature maker and it and it was about that that bad <laughs>
1: It also, I don't know it, it works. Like, yeah. if painting's fine at three feet, the painting's fine. That's that's long my thoughts.
0: Yeah, and then it goes like to recommend YouTube channels to learn more about uh, painting and miniature makers that would provide you stuff for the game. Uh, it mentions North Star and Games Workshop, obviously. Anvil Miniatures, Perry Miniatures, always, always plug Perry Miniatures hassle-free miniatures, all good stuff. Yeah. And uh, if that wasn't enough, you get the random roll charts for creating a miniature. <laughs> because, like, you say, like, oh, I don't have imagination. I can't make a random gnarly uh, a random gnarly miniature for uh, a more poor game. Well, you don't have to. Roll for head, eyes, face. Let us do the thinking for you. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it for you. And... The only downside, I guess, is that the uh, the weapon chart, because it mentions specific weapons that exist in the game, and then you're like, if you're rolling, well, I guess you don't roll for a weapon in this game, so you can just say, I'm roll- I'm, I'm now rolling starts for this guy who's going to be my guy armed with the morning star. So, well, yeah.
1: you, you do roll for weapons on the treasure table.
0: Yeah, yeah, you do roll it on the treasure table, but not in the character creation.
1: No, that's just limited by your uh, cash
0: and that's basically and that's basically the ending pages of the pdf you get uh, all the uh, all the recognitions credits Backwards text uh, actual text of the forbidden psalm 8 which is uh written from uh, which is uh, written in mirror text so you can't read it easily and yeah <laughs> And that's where the game ends. And uh, if 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 I had shelled out forty dollars to get the physical book instead of a PDF, it would come in a nice uh, hardcover tome, and uh, I think it's I I think it would look as neat as any 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 other uh, Morgborg product.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, great book. <laughs> great. Great art.
0: So yeah, I think we blitzed through the uh, RB building and excuses to buy miniature parts due to how <laughs> how the book is arranged. <laughs> uh, excuses to buy miniatures, yes, you can buy yeah basically basically any basically anything and uh, anything that doesn't look too modern. So that means even a lot of Necromunda stuff will work. Uh, go wild, get
1: crazy. Yeah, anything that, anything that would fit into your. Uh... Dark Ages stuff, so ooh, all the Victrix Dark Ages cards could be good. Don't get much in the way of fantasy stuff, but if you want to have some like more regular bros, they could work. Yeah, it's it's
0: it's it's your excuse to get the, the uh, Frostgrave Warrior kit or Frostgrave Cultist kit or I don't know.
1: And those new Frostgrave grave kits, great. Those new Frostgrave kits are pretty okay.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: so. You can even bring out your uh, old uh, Mordheim, then. Yeah. See how they've gone. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once the uh, Skaven finally set off their warp bomb or whatever happens in Mordheim. <laughs> oh, yeah, that will eaten. Ah, uh, So, yeah. I think we've done a compliment sandwich. Yep, compliment
0: sandwich. Uh, so since I'm leading this episode, I'm going to start with mine. I really like the art style of a game. It... What it is, what you might say, a game that oozes atmosphere and that really goes wild with the uh, fonts and the backgrounds, while still remaining readable and legible and easy to navigate. Which so like you know, sure the chapters could be shifted around in the game, but like the way they didn't sacrifice parsability, understandability, readability, whichever you want to call it, of the game in favor to to get more style in it is impressive and they did it well it's great now how about you yeah
1: um definitely agree with that legibility is fantastic um the art's really good i know the, the games i just like a lot about the game there's not much specifically really it's just sort of like this is good yep that's really good yep that's really good yep that's really good so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna steal your thing and say the aesthetic of the book is great
0: yeah uh for a thing that i don't like it's probably it's a it's a hard thing to say i guess i guess even if it's a rules light rule set it still could use some more uh clarifications for certain cases uh, like you know uh does the banality card does the banality omen which discards a fumble or a critical hit means that you miss with the attack or just that it doesn't have the critical effect So the, there are some edge cases I would like to see clarified if uh, Forbidden Soul edition 2 ever comes out
1: Yeah I definitely think there's some room for uh, just a moderate FAQ or like some extra clarifying text like when you're making your stats, it mentions health points are HP plus toughness. It doesn't mention your carrying capacity is strength plus or minus toughness. It doesn't say your agility is five. Oh, your movement is five minus your agility, which is, which would have been really good to know. <laughs> Before I'm like, aha, I've made my guy. He can carry this much. Oh, but he can't move. I've made the cupboard.
0: <laughs> when he
1: gets there though, oh.
0: Yeah. So anything. So yeah, and the, we're. Ba- I guess we're back to the good stuff, unless you have a specific
1: uh, complaint. No, I think any specific complaints are the like quibbling for what this game wants to be and how successful it is with being that.
0: Well, I know you a bit, so your specific complaint would be D twenty.
1: Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But I guess it's more about
0: having to roll a single die for every test instead of like, you know, two die or something.
1: Mostly, my, my dice complaints generally stem from like having to do it digitally. Doing it um, like... Yeah. Rolling the dice in person is easier and faster. So it'd be, it, I can see this being an incredibly fast game to play as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, 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 it would be fast. Uh, though about... A, a, uh, my comp- my second compliment will be, I guess, about the speed of character generation because uh, while it does, it takes some going back and forth to like you know outfit your dudes. Uh, I generally I generally like how fast you create your character. Uh, having randomly roll for flaws, traits, and names gives you the starting flavor that you wouldn't get otherwise. That uh, if you were left to your own devices, and which is why I started liking random rolling approaches in RPGs, uh, because it kind of creates a story for you, and I
1: like it in this game. Yeah, um, the character creation really lends itself to what the world wants it to be, which you can expect. Um, I I do finally, I'm starting to feel a bit bad. I didn't read more of the RPG rules to see how much sort of overlap there is, because I think making an RPG into a war game is a really interesting reversal of where RPGs came from, <laughs> and I'd love to see more of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, it's a good idea. After all, most RPGs want to do miniatures and not uh,
1: mind uh, theater of the mind. Yeah, and the ones that don't are lying. <laughs> oh, you can totally play it with that, uh, war, uh, hex grid and miniatures. Really? Really, I can. How how do I know that I'm doing all these things without mother may eyeing the entire game? Oh well, you know, just do. Just do it, man. Yeah. How hard can it be? Yeah. Just work with the DM constantly, and constantly be asking, "Am, am I in range? Is this in range? Am, is this okay? Am I behind them? Am I behind them now? Am I behind them?" Uh, the real
0: experience of playing an RPG is like. Keeping an ever changing tactical situation
1: in your mind and at all times it's great. Yeah. Aphantasia strikes again. God damn it. <laughs> so, um,
0: do you have a second compliment or I, did I miss it?
1: <laughs> ah, no, the second compliment is just um, I really like that they've turned into an RPG It's such a cool war game. I'm just bummed. I don't know more about the actual RPG to sort of see how much they've changed or just kept. Yeah. So I'm going to say. That the monsters are my second compliment because they're all really interesting i don't want to be in a room with any of them
0: <laughs> fair
1: fair that's good yeah and they're really <laughs>
0: fitting into the world of morgborg i guess because they're all gross variations of what you'd usually see like this emboweled ghoul you can't escape from combat uh, with it probably because you're tied up in his, in his bowels
1: um, yeah, it's all nice. It's just another Friday night, am I right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey. So, uh, the uh, most important question for any game: Would you play Forbidden
1: Song? Yes. I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna fall back on the classic. I'm not big on fantasy and dark horror stuff. Isn't really my bag, but it's fun and it's fast, and that's honestly sometimes that's okay too. Yeah, I mean, the speed plays to
0: its advantage, and so if someone said, like, a buddy, a buddy of mine, like, no playing with Randy, said, like, hey, you want to maybe play a small forbidden song campaign or something, I would probably do it, because uh, yep. it doesn't it, it doesn't take much time to get prepared for it, and I imagine it runs really fast once you really know the rules. Uh, And it would run Mm. even faster if some of the uh, kinks were worked out.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think the kinks will be um, scraped away the second you've played more than, like, two encounters.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Forbidden Soul. It's a fortified niche recommend. (laughs) 100%.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go try and see some friends want to play it. I guess I'll change my mind. I will play this game. (laughs) i say all the other things. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'll find some good to print. Mini- it's definitely. Do mesh mix
0: up. <laughs> it's definitely a breath of fresh air from the game we did for the last episode, which was like, oh man, that that was a sur- oh yeah, that was a surprising drag.
1: <laughs> oh, just this is a game that's just overflowing with like charm and just clear, clear design ethos following through from like, what's our setting? What's our um, rules what how did this all work diegetically and mechanically and how do these two get married together? And that's great. We'd love to see it
0: Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't have one killer feature that would draw you in. It's just Well made altogether. It's done with clear purpose in mind. It has good modern design decisions in it this uh, despite or uh, while also being something that's uh, tied to o- OSR so, yeah, it's good. Uh, you love to see it unironically.
1: Ironically. Absolutely. Uh, go follow the designers' other games, if any, and
0: check out
1: those. Yeah.
0: So, for our uh, closing statements, uh, would you like to plug something of yours?
1: Um, I haven't got anything to plug at the moment. Oh, yeah, but catch me on Instagram or Twitter at C-A-S-S-A-S-S-H-O-T-S. I didn't think this through when I made the num- name, but I've committed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I uh, As always, I'm the one person responsible for including all of our links in the description below. Uh, so, th- there you'll find the barrel drill, which is my gaming blog. Should have been a gaming and miniatures blog, but I find it really hard enough somehow to get to write about miniatures. Uh, you can find my t-shirt store and I'll add something else as well, and uh, this was Fortified Niche, and I hope to hear from you next time. Bye! Bye!